It's crazy because right after they had Mowgli and then it's almost like they just forgot that they were trying to be diverse and the next colored protagonist was Aladdin. Yeah. Aladdin. That's 25 25 years later. Oh my gosh. Like that's crazy. And again, voiced by both Aladdin and Jasmine. I think the entire cast... I'm like I mean I'm I'm trying not to count like Leah Salonga is the singing voice of Jasmine, but the entire cast is white. Yeah. Um, at least like main characters. Testing one, two, three. Welcome back to Spill and Diz Tea. I'm Sakura. And I'm Brayden. And today we're talking Disney diversity. Or the lack thereof. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly speaking. We know that we've been a little bit ghost. We've been on hiatus. <laughs> for the past couple of weeks. Honestly, just between quarantine and, you know, everything happening with BLM, it's just been not as easy to you know be motivated to yeah to do these things but you know what we're it's summertime now sun is shining we are rebooted we are back and honestly what better way to come back than to really hit a hard topic yeah a very serious topic it's pretty especially uh... for what we've done yeah, I think we, we tend to be a little more on, like, you know... The lighter the side. The lighter side. But I think this is really um, a good, like, episode to come back with. And super important. Uh, I think very, very timely. With everything going on with, you know, Black Lives Matter, it's just of utmost importance that everyone is just as educated as they possibly can be. And yeah. to make sure that these things are addressed. Because there are so many conversations that we don't want to have because we're uncomfortable. And now with this movement, I feel like it's just hitting a new wave that's never hit before. And we're starting to have these conversations. We're starting to redefine things. We're starting to bring back history and really educate not only allies, but, you know, the black community, too. Like everyone is learning so much and, you know, moving forward. And I I see a light. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I Honestly, I have learned so much in the past, like couple of weeks that I didn't know before. Yeah. Um, I feel very almost like ignorant with some of the stuff that I didn't know, but all we can really do is educate ourselves Mm -hmm. and um, yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I'm actually really excited for this discussion. Me too. I've actually had a lot of people tell me that some of they wanted us to to touch on. We've been talking about this for a while, I think too, is like an idea to kind of go into. Yeah. And there's so much that we can delve into Yeah, in regards to diversity and how disney portrays everything we stand for black lives matter we stand for equality and we will always stand for that yeah and i think it's really important to not only just you know show the support when it's needed most but for everyone to really get that support that we need yeah so i think further on our instagram page as much as we can do is supporting everyone being allies for everyone you know because once you know we start doing some stuff and hitting some waves with BLM, there's still so many more injustices in the world that need the support and they need the attention. So 
let's use the little platform that we have yeah and do what we can you know we're slowly growing there's like maybe like a handful of people that we don't know that follow us yeah hopefully that listen to our tell your friends yeah hey guys yeah welcome to our podcast welcome yes welcome 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 we don't bite dm us do whatever Um, so in the time that we've been, uh, on hiatus, we've kind of been trying to, I don't want to say rebrand the podcast, but definitely like improve it. Cause there's always room for improvement. So we kind of been going in, adjusting our documents, making them a lot more organized, doing a lot more research, um, not just for today's topic, but for future topics. And one of the additions that I thought would be cool to add would be a steep of the day. So basically, that's just like a little prelude to whatever our discussion is. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be anything. So it can be like rankings. It can be whatever. Um, and today, I thought that a good steep of the day would be something that is very recent and timely, um, which is to talk about Song of the South and that whole Splash Mountain re-theme mm-hmm. um, that Disney, Disney's been doing. So to kind of introduce Song of the South a little bit, for me, I I never really had an attachment to Song of the South at all. I don't know if I had that VHS. You know what? My, my parents probably did not buy me that. But I don't think it was ever put on VHS. It really? So why, so why does everybody know what it is? Well, it was it was re-released up until the mid nineteen eighties, and that's when Disney vaulted it. Okay, well, um, at least from where our era, like yeah, like we don't really have exposure to it. Yeah, so it makes sense that I don't know what Song of the South really is. Yeah, okay, okay, so that makes sense. So I didn't know a lot. I knew it was problematic for like years. You you see that stuff everywhere, but you know, I was like. This would be, this was a fantastic thing to talk about in this podcast as a steep of the day. So started going into looking at what it really is and what it's about. And it's like, whoa, I didn't know that existed, Disney. What's going on? Definitely the, uh, they don't want you to know about it. (laughs) And the reason it's, um, the reason so many people are talking about a 1946 film right now is because Disney just recently announced that they're going to be retheming Splash Mountain, the classic attraction at Disney World and Disneyland, mm-hmm. um, to Princess and the Frog, which I personally am super excited for because I'm all about the vibe of Princess and the Frog yeah. and the New Orleans and and everything. I'm so excited, um, but definitely it's been causing controversy among many many people. Do you actually want to give a brief, like, synopsis of what Song of the South is? Okay, so Song of the South came out in 1946. It takes place in the southern United States. It's after the Reconstruction Era, or during the Reconstruction Era, which is the period of history in America after the Civil War um, and after um, slavery has been abolished. So basically, it follows Johnny, who visits his grandmother's plantation for an extended stay, and then Johnny makes friends with Uncle Remus, who is a worker on the plantation, and he tells these stories about Br'er Rabbit, Br'er Fox, Br'er Bear. And in case you don't know what Br'er means, we didn't either until like 10 <laughs> minutes ago. It's like a southern, like, what would you say? Suffix? Like a... Like instead of like Mr. Fox, it's like Br'er Fox. So yeah, if you didn't know that, now yeah. you do. Um, and basically, that's that's the movie. We have some animation, we have some live action, we have some hybrid. So I just... From the description alone, totally problematic. Yeah. Like little Johnny going to visit his parents or his grandparents' plantation. Yeah. Where Uncle Remus tells him stories. Oh yeah. my gosh. So that on its own is nuts. 
we had just gone through and watched, you know, like a bit of a, a video about it, just learning more about Song of the South. And there were a lot of scenes that they had shown in that video. And I'm surprised. So like the scenes that they showed, there was like very clearly like the the rich white families. And then there is Uncle Remus and the other workers, I guess, of the plantation. And you obviously see the divide because they are white people and they are black people. And, you know, the black people are working, they're cooking, they're baking, they're in the fields. And something that, you know, you mentioned earlier is that they were really kind of glorifying complacency. Yeah. Because they were all loving plantation life. And I think, and I think that's nuts because this does happen right after slavery or after slavery was abolished, but obviously like quote unquote, slavery is not abolished. It may be illegal to have slaves, to beat your slaves, to, you know, mistreat your slaves, but there were still mass amounts of black people who were like owned. They were still owned by white people. Yeah. There's still the- That's where they live. That's where they do everything. That's where their family is. That's where their friends are. And they all work for these rich families. That on its own is just like a way of showing that the racism is still there, that slavery is still there, even if it's not legally defined as slavery. And it's obviously was such a common thing that Disney thought it was okay to create a movie surrounding. Yeah. You know, it's a really weird setting. Splash Mountain came after that in, what was it, 1989? 89. 89. 89. They thought it was okay to make a ride to make a ride based off of this racist movie that they had already pulled, right? So I just, I don't get it. But Splash Mountain, everyone knows Splash Mountain. Whether you know the history of what Splash Mountain is or not, it is an iconic attraction. Yeah. So to see that they are now re-theming it to Princess and the Frog... Oh, says so much. Yeah, I so mean, much. you were saying before, like, like I love Princess and the Frog, but mm-hmm. it's not, it's not their biggest property. Mm-mm. So the fact that they're taking Princess and the Frog and and applying it to this attraction really shows like how badly they want to distance themselves from Song of the yeah. South. and I think it's almost kind of perfect because it's still on on theme. Princess and the Frog is southern. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's going to look way better than Splash Mountain. <laughs> I'm so excited. The concept art they released, it looks amazing. Yeah. It's, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think I don't think any other Disney movie could have fit the attraction. I heard like a couple of different things floating around, like Zootopia or Moana, but I'm like, no, no, no. Like Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Give Tiana Tiana needs this. She was trending on, on Twitter when this happened. Yeah. And I could not have been happier for her. Her pop figures have gone up in price since the announcement. Which is so nice to see. You know, give her her glory. They handmade or hand-created a beautiful princess, and she didn't even get the the attention that she deserved. Yeah. And, like, obviously, if you've heard our princess episode, and we'll get into it a little bit more, we have our own thoughts on, like, the film as a whole, (laughs) Princess and the Frog, but we both love the characters and the music and the setting. It's, it's, It's amazing. Yeah. Another interesting thing in Song of the South. <laughs> yeah, there's a tar baby in Song of the South, which it's not like an action. It's not a character. It's like a like a like a an object type thing. I guess that Br'er Rabbit gets like stuck in. But the fact it's it's just 
a tar no matter, baby. Yeah, no matter how you spin it, it's not okay. It's not okay. And it's it's nuts. We were just looking at some of like the old uh, movie posters, and I was like, oh my god, is that Uncle Remus? Because there was like this like black thing, yeah. like sitting under a tree, and I'm like, is that supposed to be Uncle Remus reading books? And Brayden was like, no, that's Tar Baby, and I was like, Tar Baby. Yeah. Oh my god. It just keeps getting worse. Oh, worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And even Zippity Doo Dot, it's um, like kind of based off of like minstrel performances. And that is nuts because I did not know that Zippity Doo Dot was from this movie. You know, they're getting rid of like the characters and the attraction and stuff like that, which the mm-hmm. average Joe probably doesn't know who Br'er Rabbit is and what's whatever. Zippity Doo Dot, that was Disney used that song like they milked that song. That's like yeah. one of their biggest songs, one of the most catchy songs. And the fact that they're like basically getting rid of it. It's, I think, like, it's, it's, it's huge. Like, it's, I yeah. don't know what I'm trying to say. Sorry, I'm not articulating myself well, but it's, like, it's, it's. It means a lot. The fact that Disney's willing to kind of give up this a very song profitable. That, a very definitive song. Yeah. In Disney. I'm just, I'm so excited to see, like, how this ride turns out. Like, what, it's supposed to be set after Princess and the Frog, so it's, like, a sequel of sorts. Kind of oh. like how Frozen Ever After is. Yeah, so. Um, Interesting. I love just exploring Tiana more. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm so excited for it. Oh, the one one thing. Um, so, I feel like this is sort of like a common, um, like a debate that people have when it comes to cinema and it comes to even literature. And when we have something that was written in a certain time period or created in a certain time period that at that time might have been quote unquote like okay, but right now we look back at it and we know that's totally not okay <laughs> do you think disney should release these movies like song of the south or fantasia like the original cut with these like racist stereotypes in them with like an introduction or do you think we should continue to sort of like edit them out that's interesting for song of the south specifically um uh, because i i definitely do have different feelings about that one than Dumbo and Fantasia where it's just scenes, but the entire movie is racist. Like, you know, and there are people that are advocating to have this re-released and I don't think it needs, there's no need for it to be re-released. Yeah. Because unlike movies where like uh, Dumbo and Fantasia, there is enjoyable enjoyable content and then there are racist moments. It's not like the, which on its own is an entire issue. But Song of the South is a racist movie. The entire thing is racist. There aren't racist scenes. There aren't racist characters. Well, there is. The entire thing is racist, you know? But it's not, you know, specifically something that can be cut out. Um, So I think Song of the South, I, you know, we were talking a bit about this earlier, like a documentary that addresses the entire thing and educates, you know, your audience on, you know, what you did put out and why you now understand that it was wrong. That is, I think that is the, like the perfect thing for Disney to do. Yeah. Because it's them addressing, addressing it, acknowledging, Hey, this is something we did that was wrong. And we're, you know, we're, we're, we're doing better. Like we're, we're learning from it. Yeah. And also I want to add in as a white person, it is not up to you whether it's offensive 
like it's not up to you whether Song of the South is offensive to black people because you are not a black person. Yeah. It's not up to you whether Splash Mountain is offensive or not. You can't you can't speak on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why like I asked you the question because like for me like it's like it's not up to me. Like yeah. e- like I you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. And yeah, it is offensive. It is offensive. <laughs> I mean, it is. If you don't think it's offensive, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I'm, I, there's no, it's not your, there's difference of opinions. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nuts. not okay. Honestly, it's it makes me incredibly uncomfortable. It's just, it's seeing stuff like this that, you know, it really paints a picture of how people view me. Mm-hmm. Like whether it's now or whether it's my ancestors this is how we were viewed. We were always viewed as less than, still currently viewed as less than. And I don't know. It's not only just, you know, the injustice that's very clearly in the movie, but it's it's the weird complacency that comes with it because yeah. that's something that's also been, I don't want to say that's been taught, but something that a lot of black people go through. You know, it's like me, for example, I'm like, yeah, I know I'm going to get microaggressions. That's just going to happen. That's just life. But like that shouldn't be a thing. You know, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be, you know, afraid to show up to work one day with braids and then not have braids the next day, not have it to be a huge spectacle. It's just stuff like that. That's kind of the scary reality of like becoming OK with the fact that people view you as less than. And that's entirely what this movie is about. It just makes me so uncomfortable. I can't even imagine what it would be like, what it was like to see this come out. Yeah. Because you said there was an uproar at that time too. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Which is why some people will will try to argue, well, like at the time, like it was whatever, but it's like, it was never okay. Yeah. It's just, yeah. But then in movies like Dumbo and Fantasia, I actually don't know because it's like, you, you don't want to keep showing these scenes that are problematic, whether there's an whether there's a introduction or not. But you also don't want to just cut things out and not and hide it, like what they've essentially been doing with Song of the South, unless they cut those scenes out and had an introduction. Yeah, like these scenes have been removed because of. I think that's like a better. Yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, even just having them play like as the people are talking about them, why we're not, why we won't be showing you these mm-hmm. scenes. I think that's important. Acknowledging they exist. Yeah, acknowledging they exist. Acknowledging racism and being anti-racist. Yeah. Hiding it, you know, if they were to just cut out the scenes and do nothing, that's just not being racist. But you know, addressing it and actually putting forth action to educate, to do whatever, that's being anti-racist, and that's what's needed yeah. in society. Okay, let's head into our... The main discussion. That was a good steep. That That was was a good good first steep. steep. Yeah, that's our first steep, guys. Yeah. How do we do? Wow, I hope it went well. (laughs) So, I love Disney. Sakura, you love Disney too. I do. But just because you love something doesn't mean you can't acknowledge that there's faults. Yeah, so Disney... There, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work that has been done. Yeah. Starting off, you know, Song of the South. Not, not a good, not a good look. No. Not a good look at all. Other examples, Peter Pan. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it um, like a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, I'll throw on Peter Pan. Totally forgot about that entire Red Men Red sequence. Yeah. 
And I was floored. Like, I'm like, this is... Awful. Awful. It's honestly, it's the, the way the characters are designed. The, yeah. The voices they give them. It's just, it's... Yeah. I think a lot of people gloss over that because Peter Pan is such a beloved classic. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just, it's nuts to... To, that there was, you know, a period of time where this was okay to show on TV. You know, people make their racist or stereotypical remarks in private. Is it good? No. But to publicly display that your company is portraying certain people this way and have no backlash because that's accepted in society? Yeah. It's nuts. Absolutely nuts. And really, Disney... Yeah, like if you look at Disney's character lineup and you look at their protagonist, the first protagonist they had that was not white was Mowgli in The Jungle Book, which was 1967. And he was voiced by a white child actor. Yeah. So that's another trend that we see is we start to see these characters come into the mix, but they're voiced by white actors. The films are produced by predominantly white men. Mm-hmm. The music is created by white composers yeah a lot of the things that you see are them trying to get like a quote-unquote indian sound or quote-unquote arabian sound like you see in aladdin it's it's crazy because right after they had mowgli and then it's almost like they just forgot that they were trying to be diverse and the next colored protagonist was aladdin yeah Aladdin. That's 25, 25 years later. Oh my gosh. Like that's crazy. And again, crazy. voiced by both Aladdin and Jasmine. I think the entire cast. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to count like Leah Salonga as the singing voice of Jasmine, but the entire cast is white. Yeah. Um, at least like main characters. Yeah. And then even with Aladdin, you know, they were going for an Indian Arabian feel. Yeah. It's like, why... Why do you think it's okay to amalgamate these two very different cultures? They're two different things. And then, you know, they say that they want to have this Indian Arabian thing, but you can tell that Arabian culture has dominantly taken over what this um, world is supposed to be. There's literally a song called Arabian Nights. So then also to say that, you know, you want to do this amalgamation and then just have one culture body the other one, like that kind of sucks too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like this, this thing that constantly happens in media and Disney is still sort of doing it where they amalgamate these cultures together to get this like quote unquote exotic feel. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you look at the nineties, like the genie like aesthetic was a thing. <laughs> if you look through history, there are so many, you know, quote unquote aesthetics that were just taken from cultures. Yeah. Like, you know, Arabian that was a thing, the whole genie thing. Um, tiki, yeah. luau. Yeah. They literally took a beautiful, a gorgeous, full grass skirt, and they made it worse. They cheapened it. And now when you think of a grass skirt, everyone immediately thinks of the one from the damn dollar store. Yeah. Instead of the big, beautiful ones that represent their culture. Yeah. Moccasins. Do you remember when people just wore moccasins all the time? Yeah. That's yeah. not okay. And yeah. it's not even just like they were like you know, lined with fur to be like moccasins. They had designs on them yeah. to look like moccasins, which, what? Or a couple years ago, um, Navajo print was yeah. super big. And it's like, you know, like yeah. at the time, you know, everyone was like wearing it. And then you look back and you're like, okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's a lot of taking beautiful cultures and commercializing it and just making it worse. Yeah. You know, it's 
it's so disrespectful. And you can see that happening now with black culture too. And it's yeah. been happening for quite a few years. Oh yeah, which definitely. Which is really unfortunate. The one, one of the things too is Little Mermaid was really when, like that's, you know, Disney entering the modern age. Is that's mm-hmm. sort of like what, the bridge between classic Disney and modern Disney. Yeah. And the Little Mermaid, you know, you have this whole Caribbean feel and this like Calypso style of music. But it's like, like that both kingdoms are white. Yeah. And like you know, there's so many people online. They say Ariel's like Danish and whatever. I'm like, no, 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 because there's literally palm and you know trees. What? That's how they get you, okay? Because the original story is a Danish story, okay? That even freaking got me. I had to get schooled by Brayden that you know it, this doesn't make sense. This is, you know, Little Mermaid is a story that takes place in Denmark and then you see it on screen and you see a bunch of white people that make sense for people to be in Denmark. But then you are listening to Sebastian, who suddenly has a Jamaican accent. Yeah. Who's a crab. Which was a very commercialized Jamaican accent too. It wasn't even authentic. So just side note. And then you listen to the music, which is Calypso. It's this Caribbean feel like... The castle that the prince that Prince Eric lives on is on a beach. Yeah. What beach is in Denmark? I mean, there might be beaches in Denmark. I'm sorry, no one, not that anyone from Denmark even, is listening. But it's not even that it's like a tropical <laughs> that that it's just a regular beach. It's a tropical it's a, beach. Yeah. There are palm trees. Yeah. It just it doesn't make sense for that to be taking place there. So then again, it's like taking the Caribbean area island, like whatever, and just whiteifying it yeah yeah Yeah. (sighs) there's no reason that and i'm not trying to i love the little mermaid and i love ariel and i love the music and definitely like i don't think there was malintent when they're making this movie they weren't actively trying to not make them caribbean characters Mm -hmm. but definitely like it makes no sense for ariel to be a white princess and that's why i was so confused when everyone got so mad about Halle bailey being cast as ariel because, like, they're finally, like, you know, trying to, like, rectify this. Yeah. That's the one good thing I will say about the live-action movies is that, like, we see it in Lion King. We saw it in Jungle Book. Even in Aladdin. But. Hmm? But. Hmm. This is assuming that Disney hired Halle Bailey to rectify the plot line. And not just to hire a black actress. Yeah. Which is two different things. Yeah, like tokenism. Yeah, which I kind of think they're just looking to hire a black actress because, and I, I think they wanted to make waves in that regard because, um, what? Honey. Honey. Uh, oh my God. So I'm so funny just naturally. Um, <laughs> um, Prince Eric, the cast of the white dude. Yeah, and Ursula. And Ursula. I mean, they're probably going to dye her purple yeah so okay she's a purple thing but (laughs) sorry melissa mccarthy i'm so sorry but you know if you really wanted to show that this is the caribbean why is prince eric not black yeah or brown it's very similar to um aladdin if they didn't want to you know choose a specific location like this is happening in india this is happening in cuba this is hap- like whatever if they didn't want to pick a direct location and they just wanted to have like the amalgamation and they wanted to do like a caribbean uh centered place you know then anyone there can be latin or they can be black yeah you know it doesn't have to be 
all one race like you can you can play with it then yeah you know play with different characters different accents yeah like there's so much there that you can do and i don't think disney realized that you know hiring halle bailey could could have sparked that wave yeah that's what i thought they were gonna do like when i I, immediately that's what i hoped they were gonna do yeah but that's assuming that all these white men know what they're doing yeah if they decided to put a uh a black director or producer behind the project then then you could see that that's what they're wanting to do which actually would have been sick i'm really hoping redefining ariel one of the movies that beyonce signed on to help disney with is little mermaid so aladdin Mm -hmm. you know super popular really disney's first insanely popular franchise with people of color like at the helm yeah they're on cereal boxes they're on everything which is huge like i know it sounds silly when you when <laughs> it's you a put lot it on paper, but it's huge yeah when you buy your bananas and the sticker on it has jasmine on it that's sick yeah but then you look at these characters with very european features very lightened skin tones in the film itself, I feel like they're not, but in mar- marketing for some reason, mm-hmm. they always like to lighten it up. Yeah, it's definitely an issue. <laughs> yeah. And then even, like, I think Lion King was really Disney, when Disney kind of first tried or attempted authenticity, and by that I mean, like, in the music, they brought in Lebo M. Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but they brought him in with the music, um, and throughout the whole entire score, there's it's not like a classical score. It, classical score, it's very very rooted in African culture. Yeah. But and I love Lion King, and I know a lot of people love Lion King, but it is animals, right? Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, you can't really you can't really call Lion King a showcase of African culture when it's animals. Animals. You know, and that that's something else that's just so important is that. There are a ver- there's a huge lack of black characters in Disney, just in general, not even just main characters, characters at all. Yeah. And, you know, before we even got Tiana, the closest thing we really had was Simba, even though he's a lion. Yeah. You know, because it's Africa, it's African culture, it's embodying their, their music and their language and that yeah. sort of thing. But they're animals like it's like it's almost there it's like it's something new to connect to a brand new culture to explore but because they're animals like it takes away from it and it's the same thing with tiana yeah you know love 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 the beginning of the prince and the frog but when she becomes a frog it loses it for me yeah because i don't want to watch frogs anymore you know i want to (laughs) see (laughs) but like facts you know like i want to see I want to see Tiana, a hardworking young black woman who's just doing the damn thing in New Orleans. Yeah. And that's a common trend in, in not even just Disney movies, but in animated movies where either like you have like black voice talent voicing animals like in Oliver and Company or in um, Fox and the Hound, for example, or you have Onward. Onward. They're always they're they're always more animalistic, yeah. less humanoid than the white characters. Or you have films like Princess and the Frog, or even the Spies in Disguise that came out like last year, where there's a black character or a character of color that gets turned into an animal. Yeah, you have Brother Bear, which is amazing until he gets turned into an animal. An animal. <laughs> 
The only one that I will say that... You don't care if that they turn into an animal? Yeah, is Ember's New Groove. Because oh, that's like its no, own thing. No, that's not what thing. I was talking about. Oh. I was talking about Merida. I said like I don't oh, I don't care yeah. if they turn into an animal. Yeah, I mean yeah. like it's also it's not to say like that it never happens with white characters because it does. Yeah, but it's it definitely a more common thing. <laughs> yeah, for but the, the nice characters. thing about the Emperor's New Groove though is that even though Cusco turns into a llama, Cusco himself wasn't necessarily showing the culture. He yeah. was it was his personality that locked it in for us, but it was Pacha who was human the whole time. We got to see his family. We got to see where they lived. And like, it, it was that duo. Like if you're going to do a transformation, please keep somebody human. Yeah. Because then we can actually explore with them as people. We can better connect to humans than animals because we are people. Yeah. Hello. And I think it's, uh, we really need to talk about the elephant in the room. That is Disney's Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. Th- there's a lot. They tried. Yeah. They, they tried. I I feel like they did want to continue to explore diversity the best way they knew how at the time. And it just, you know, wasn't... There are moments. There are moments that are beautiful. Yeah, so the thing with uh, Pocahontas is that they definitely did take the time to do some research with Native American culture. Because you can see just with her design, her facial features, her body type, like she was the first disney princess that had a brand new mold every other princess looks the same just with varying skin tones their noses are the same their eyes are huge like their eyes their eyes are (laughs) huge but with you know pocahontas they gave her smaller eyes smaller features like a broader face like a more built body and she looks like her people yeah, she's you know, beautiful. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, her design is just breathtaking. And then just the design of the entire movie definitely embodies what they were trying to do. Yeah. But it's the plot. I think it's just bringing the idea of colonialism is just such a touchy. I mean, touchy's not the right word, but it's. <sighs> I think the way they approached it with both sides are at fault when one side is clearly invading the other side. It's just, it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they're, they're trying, and I see what they're trying to do is they're trying to show that there's prejudice on both sides, mm-hmm. but it's like, what I don't understand is why they decided to take the story of Pocahontas yeah. and make a love story mm-hmm. because uh, absolutely nothing about the original story is lovey dovey. No. Nothing, 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 nothing. So I don't know why they decided to take, why they didn't just create their own story. Or if they wanted to talk about Pocahontas, like don't talk about her as a sexualized teenager with this white man. You know, that's not the right way to do that. And it just really sucks because honestly speaking, the entire plot of Pocahontas is about John Smith. Yeah. You know, it's not about Pocahontas going through an internal crisis. It's them. It's her showing John Smith how to paint with all the colors of the wind. Yeah. The main title of the song is literally a song for him. Mm-hmm. You know, they start off the movie in, where are they? England? England? Yeah. Somewhere in England. I hate that scene. Yeah. I never watch it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't care about it. Yeah. And then they all suck. Literally all of them suck. You had a little bit of sympathy for Thomas and then he f***ing kills Koguam. So f*** you too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that did not age well. No. No. Did not age well. 
Disney has definitely been focusing on diversity. Like, they've made it their priority recently. Yeah. This new sort of phase of Disney animation and Pixar. We, we've seen Big Hero 6, Moana, Coco, Soul. We're going to see Ryan the Last Dragon, Encanto. We're going to talk about Encanto in a little bit. Yeah. So excited about that. Yeah. Um, even Frozen 2. And, like, if you watch... Like, Frozen 2 is, you know, obviously Elsa and Anna, these two white princesses. But you can definitely see, like, they definitely went and tried to kind of tell the story from, like, the indigenous route of the Sami people in, um, I almost said Slovenia, oh my gosh, <laughs> the Sami people in Scandinavia. Yeah. Um, so you can even see the difference there. Like, watch mm-hmm. Frozen, which is very vaguely, like... <laughs> Norwegian yeah. and then watch Frozen 2 and you can definitely see like in the music and in in the research and in everything it's a lot more yeah. Um, yeah they even threw in some black people yeah they did oh my god it's yeah. the guy that voices I mean it's the guy who voices him is the guy from This Is Us mm-hmm. yeah it's sick and he's in uh, Black Panther too yeah, yeah. it's awesome yeah. so it's like you, you that's a good that's a good way to like show that like even though they've profited off of this entirely white franchise they want to expand it to give some more attention to the actual culture of you know where this is taking place yeah you know um acknowledging that there are indigenous people here that live here i mean they kind of talked about colonialism yeah but that's what i was gonna say is it's kind of like they they do colonialism right in frozen 2 yeah because like i mean they definitely like there's a lot of deleted elements that i wish had stayed in the movie like arendelle being destroyed by the dam yeah but they they handle it right because it's the arendellians or the king of the Mm -hmm. arendellians wanted to take the land from the what are they called again the north aldra yeah and they're at fault like the north aldra it's none of this like they're bad too we need to come together it's the north aldra are a peaceful people just living their best life in the enchanted forest and the arendellians come in and just it up yeah and then it's up to these two girls to rectify that and bring it back together and i kind of like even rectifying what their grandfather did yeah you know, it's like they didn't cause the issue, but it's acknowledging, oh shit, my family did that. I have to be the one to make peace and make right with how the way that I can. Yeah. 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 Like Anna and Elsa have to fix it. Like the North Aldra can't fix well, it. Well, we stand allies. We do stand allies. <laughs> and can I also say like the fact that I think I brought this up to you last time when I was watching, I forget what I was watching. But in Frozen 2, you can definitely see, like, they contrast Anna and Elsa because they love each other. Mm-hmm. Anna loves Elsa. Elsa loves Anna. But they're so different. And you can even see Anna's sort of, like, like fearfulness of this new land and these new people. And Elsa's just so, like, <laughs> entranced with it all. Yeah. Um, and you can definitely, like, sort of, like, see, like... Anna is not, like, I'm not saying Anna is, like, a prejudiced character. You can definitely see she has her own, like, internal, like, she loves her home at Arendelle. She doesn't want to ruin it. Yeah. But then she comes to the realization, like, my entire life has been built on the backs of these people. Like, we have to make this right. Like, yeah. And then, of course, she doesn't want to sacrifice her home, but she does what's right in the end. Yeah. Which is super honorable. And I think that that's what, essentially, we need to be doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, since Princess and the Frog... There's been... Okay, so Big Hero 6. With Big Hero 6, I loved that movie. Oh, love. I still love that movie. Mm -hmm. It's a great movie. And it's really cool to see them start to 
continue this trend of exploring different cultures. Yeah. But why'd they have to mix Japan with America? Yeah, that... that Like, I'm glad that the... the, the like San Francisco? Yeah. It even sounds stupid. The fact that the entire cast is, is multicultural and it's not mentioned is, like, awesome. Yeah. But... That's really cool. Yeah. But I think the fact that the original comic books, they were all Japanese and it was set in Tokyo. And then Disney was like, yeah, no. Like... Yeah. Why couldn't we have had, like, an entire... Like, I just don't understand it. Yeah. And that would have been... That's, it's just... The plot of Big Hero 6 makes sense to happen in Tokyo. That is the perfect place to set that set the plot line to get the coolest everything. Like that's the best place to charge such such a powerful story. Yeah. You know, and they just they had to throw San Francisco in there. Which I don't even really understand why. I guess maybe to throw in It's these, almost like that was their core different yeah. Like an onward. Like they're like, oh, we need a quirk. So like it's gonna the world building. So it's not yeah. it's gonna be San Francisco. And it's like, no, like Yeah. Which you know what is a very common thing for Disney to do, to not claim areas yeah. of the world. Yeah. They haven't done like they've they haven't done a film in Japan. They've haven't centered on Japanese culture before. Yeah. And like they like did in Big Hero Six, but it's kind of like amalgamated with American culture. Yeah. And I wouldn't even say it's really Japanese culture. I would say it's more like Tokyo culture. Yeah. Um, because Tokyo is very much like, I don't even know how to say it, like high speed Japan. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just, you know, that's where everything happens. That's where all the hustle and bustle is. And that's where things are being created. And that's where things are most up to date and blah, 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 blah. So it's not really in like as enriched or we didn't get to explore as enriched in Japanese culture as we could have, because it was, it was like saying, uh, let's, Let's do a Canadian movie, but send her it in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Toronto's not Canadian. Mm-hmm. Toronto doesn't represent Canada, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, for sure. I think, but also I will say that I think it's great that Hero is like Disney's first mixed like biracial character. Because I think definitely like I'm, I'm over here as a white guy being like, oh, I wish it was more Japanese. But there are Japanese Americans um, who like definitely probably feel like this film represented them well. Yeah. Okay, well, now we can talk about Moana. Yes. Now that we've moved into where Disney really got it right. Yeah. Moana could have went so wrong. And they, like, I think what Disney found out with Moana, because they applied this to Coco, and I think they applied this to Frozen 2, and are hopefully applying this to Raya and Encanto, but (sighs) is the story trust. And having a group of people from where they want to tell the story and have them advise Mm. their advisors they say so you know they they write the film they have these plot lines they have the story they want to tell and you have this group of people who are able to say like that's accurate that's not yeah for instance moana originally one of the scenes where she's mad she was originally going to have her paddle and hit like coconuts into the ocean because she was angry and she was going to take her frustration out and someone was like no like she wouldn't have done that she wouldn't have like just like wasted and thrown it into the ocean you know so instead she like throws the sticks like love that yeah love that is so important and the fact that the entire cast is from the pacific islands yeah i don't care if they some people have like new zealand accents some people have more american accents i love it so much it's just like it's obviously like i i'm going off of what i know about like 
you know, Polynesian mm-hmm. culture, but it's so, you can see how much detail they put into like yeah, every you can, ounce of You it. can see that it's definitely a cultural piece as opposed to a company trying to commercially represent a culture. Yeah. You know, you can, there's definitely a big difference in how even Big Hero 6 was done to how Moana was done. Yeah. You know, Moana was fantastic. It's not even like they were like, yes, like, of course we need to have, you know, like Polynesian um, and Hawaiian people, you know, do the voice acting. And they didn't just, you know, get people from LA who are of Polynesian descent. They plucked Auli Corvelio right off of Hawaii. Yeah, which I love. I'm, yeah. Like, I, I love that so much. Yeah. I remember watching all of the... Um, what are they? Auditions. Oh my gosh, me for too. Moana, and they were all people from Hawaii. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so great that you you have these characters and you're letting people that actually like look like these characters voice the characters. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's so many opportunities for white actors in Hollywood. Yeah. You know? And they've had so much opportunity in the past. So it's time to kind of give a voice to these other other actors. Mhm. There's so many more actors. But yeah, Moana definitely, like, and Moana was a hit. Like, Moana, I mean, it wasn't Frozen level, and I'm not going to say it's because of racism. We don't know why, but um, it was a hit. Moana's on shampoo bottles and and Oh my gosh, like everyone that. loves Moana. Yeah. Everyone. Moana's a household name. Yeah. And for a Disney character to get to household name status, like, you're in. Yeah. You're, you're up there. And especially she's, like, she's... And also the other thing I want to say is Moana's like, I mean, it's, it's kind of like a common trend in like Disney films now to have like some sort of like power or something, mm-hmm. but like showing like little brown girls or boys that like you can be like magical too, mm-hmm. you know, I think is so important. Exactly. And then after Moana, we go right into another masterpiece, Coco. So oh my good. gosh. Disney just kept getting better and better. Like yeah. not only now have we decided to focus on... A culture, but a, a very going very detailed and specific yeah. into a a piece of that culture that a lot of people don't know about. Yeah, like the Day of the Dead. Like I've seen like the Lizzie McGuire episode where Miranda had a bunch of skeletons show up to the school dance, yeah. which was probably a creation on <laughs> yeah. its own. Yeah. But seeing it the way that Disney portrayed it, oh my gosh! Yeah, favorite Pixar movie. Yeah. Favorite. It is so, so beautiful. It is so enriched. Like it has so much I don't know. Like it has it has it doesn't feel Pixar. Yeah. It feels Disney. It, it feels, feels like very Disney. Disney really put their magic into it. It feels yeah. magical. And I think like definitely Disney's been known for having like even like go back to Little Mermaid. It's very vague, you know, far away kingdom, whatever. And since I mean, I'll even say since Frozen or since Brave, let's say since mm-hmm. Brave. They've been, or Princess and the Frog, sorry, Chiana, <laughs> gotta show you. But you know, like even Brave, like it's such a focus on like Scotland and like Exactly, you know, even though Merida is a white character, they focused on mm-hmm. the culture and they really went deep into the culture of Scotland. Yeah, and know? make like those people feel represented. Exactly. Then, yeah, oh, Coco, I, you just say Coco and I'm just like, it's so good. <laughs> and I think also the fact that Disney is this, huge company Mm -hmm. and especially like in america and they're able to bring a new culture into your home and you're able to 
you love these characters and you learn from it. Like, I mean, like, I, I know I, I knew about, like, Day of the Dead and I know, like, a bunch of people do too, but some people probably don't know anything about it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, like, you need to leave it up to Disney to educate you because obviously there's, you know, they take yeah. li- uh, liberties with it, but then it's you can like, go forth and, and educate yourself. And exactly. Learn. Exactly. Um, and it's like when you have the platform to educate, yeah, you use it. Exactly. You know? Like, I'm sure when Ryan the Last Dragon comes out, that's set in Southeast Asia. Like, I'm sure we're going to learn... I'm going to learn a bunch of stuff. Because yeah. there's not... Like, you know what I mean? It's... It's set in Southeast Asia? Mm-hmm. Nice. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm awesome. So that's going to be really, really cool to see. Yeah. Like, Malaysia, Philippines, Thailand, mm-hmm. Vietnam. So, it's... Oh my god, that movie's gonna be beautiful. Yeah, I'm so excited for it. The other thing too I kind of want to bring up is the fact that I don't know why there's this mentality. I think now it's 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 diminishing, which is thank god it is. But there was originally this mentality of like, okay, we have like ex Disney princess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we have a Chinese Disney princess, so like Asians are good. You know? Yeah. We have a black Disney princess. Black people are good. You know? And it's yeah. like no. I love that Disney <laughs> is like you know we did Lilo and Stitch. And that was Hawaiian culture. And now we're going to bring Moana and focus on other Polynesian cultures. Yeah. And, you know... No, we didn't really talk about Lilo and Stitch. Oh, yeah, we should talk about Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Lilo and Stitch is very... Like, because, I mean, we were talking about Emperor's New Groove, which is a very, like, you know, simplified, watered-down Incan culture. (laughs) Yeah. Lilo and Stitch really does talk about the... Not only of yeah, like, and not on, not even just you know Hawaiian culture because a lot of these movies that Disney does it's like set way back and it's just you are now like in in a period of time that and and in a setting where the culture is just so rich and you just you know they're giving you so much like Moana takes place she's literally a chief a daughter's chief in yeah. like an island and that sort of thing but Lilo is a normal girl who lives in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not only like, I don't have to, or I don't have to see people dancing in a skirt or, you know, speaking a different language or whatever to engage in their culture, but seeing them as a regular person, day-to-day living, Mm -hmm. you know, you're able to see Lilo and Nani and just how they live a normal life like we do, but how their culture fits into it and shapes it a little differently. Yeah. That's actually a very good example of systematic racism too. Because you can see how Lilo is mistreated among her peers. Yeah, with um, freaking what's her name? Margaret Myrtle. Myrtle. Yeah. Oh, uh, her name is Myrtle. Bro. I'm bitch. sorry, Myrtles of the world. I remember in the TV show, <laughs> Myrtle, her dad had problems, and we were supposed to feel sorry for Myrtle. Oh. Uh, but the other thing too is there's like deleted scene, and like it's uh, like a tourist going up to Lilo and being like. I think he, like, literally says, hey, kids, speak English, which is, like, a thing. Like, yeah. it's, it's a part of America. It's a part of the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Soul. Um, soul. Yes. With soul, my... The thing that I really like about soul is... Well, I have things that I dislike as well, but I'll get to that in a second. We'll, we'll be positive first. Yeah. Um, Compliment sandwich. Exactly. I really like that soul is not only really similar to what I was saying with Lilo and Stitch, um, not just centering around a black culture, but it's taking place in New York City, really diving deep into the black community, not just the black community in New York City, but like the black jazz community. I don't know. They're musicians. I don't know what they play. But that's that on its own is just filled with so much 
culture to explore. These are an uh, entire type of black people that no one knows about. The biggest misconception about black people that people automatically want to have is that we're all the same. When no, there there are 50 different types of black women and 50 different types of black men. Like we're just as complex as you guys are, <laughs> you know? So it was really cool to to see them go in and explore this man and his community in this way. Although he's going to turn into a blob. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, another transformation story that we don't want to see. I really hope, I don't think they're going to do it, but, and I, I really hope this doesn't ruin the movie for me, but if they're going to spend the time, I, I really fear that like Princess and the Frog, they're going to spend a lot of time to build up the richness of that community because Prince and the Frog did a really good job with that too. Yeah. And then once they turn into whatever they turn into, it's going to follow them and it's, there's, it's just going to continue. All that culture suddenly drops. I mean, Prince and the Frog, we, we still were able to explore the bayou and see a different part of New Orleans, which was pretty cool. Yeah. But with uh, Joe, whose name is Joe, um, when he goes into this blob, I don't know, what is he? A soul? Yeah, I guess he's a soul. Did he die? <laughs> He's not dead. We don't know yet. He's in like a coma. I think. Yeah, but his little blue bubble thing, like, it's not exploring New York anymore. Yeah. It's just him wherever he is, and he meets this other little annoying thing. Um, <laughs> and Shade to Tina Fey. <laughs> oh, is that Tina Fey? Yeah. Oh, Tina Fey, you're fine. Her name's 22. Her name's 22? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, now we're about to explore this new world that's no longer this culturally diverse place that I was just invested in. Yeah. So I kind of hope they at least do like a back and forth type of thing. I can see them doing sort of like they did it with Inside Out, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, they were like kind of. Sort of, yeah. Ish. Can we also talk about the fact that Joe is going to be not just Pixar's, mm-hmm. but Disney Animation's first black male lead? Yes. And it's 2020. Yes. There are no, like, are there even, there aren't even black male characters. Like, main characters? Like, well. The only one I can think of. Even the secondary characters are scarce. Yeah. Yeah. Like, in the only secondary. Like, who can you think of? I can think of the guy from Atlantis. Yeah. I was going to say Sweets. That's the only guy I can think that's, of. Yeah, that, that's it. Even Princess and the Frog, they wanted to, they, they were put so much emphasis on making a black princess, and her prince isn't even black. No. He doesn't even have a culture. He's racially ambiguous. Yeah. We don't even know. We couldn't even really explain. They, they made up a culture for him, Aldonia, yeah. and they gave him a funny accent, and that's it. You know, we didn't even really get to explore another culture. We, yeah. It's just... Man, my issues with Princess and the Frog. Naveen is great, though. I love yeah. Naveen. Yeah. It's just placement and what the potential that is there he's a good looking man <laughs> <laughs> he is he is and then Encanto. Encanto i'll let you i'll let you intro Encanto. okay so uh for those of y'all that have been keeping up with our page or just disney news in general you'd know that it was leaked what like a week ago yeah disney uh is working with lin-manuel miranda aka Hamilton, a.k.a. Moana, Mm -hmm. on a film with uh, Byron Howard and uh, Clark Spencer and Jared Bush called Encanto. That's a working title. It was originally um, leaked as a film set in Brazil, a musical set in Brazil, about a family that has magical powers and then uh, the girl doesn't have powers, the main girl, the daughter, I guess. 
And then uh, that was corrected, and it's actually going to be in Colombia. And that's all we know about this movie. Um, it's, like, rumored for the November date of 2021. Yeah. Me and Sigurd know nothing about this movie, but we're so excited So excited. Because, you know what? Right now, I have, I have trust in Disney. I think they've been showing movie after movie that they're doing it. And they're, they're really going the depths that they need to to properly execute culture. And if we're, again, it's not even just like this is a Spanish family. This is a Colombian family. Yeah. It is so important to the Latinx community to get their cultures right because not, they're not all the same. There yeah. isn't just Latin culture. There isn't just Spanish culture. There are different countries that exemplify their own cultures. Yeah. So this is going to be awesome for Colombian people to really see their culture come to light and be at the forefront of what we hopefully can see as a Disney princess. Yeah. I hope she's a princess. Yeah. I'm so excited. We need another one. And it's a musical. She's probably going to be a princess. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, like... Come on. Even I think, like, I feel like they're going to push Rye to be a princess, even though it's probably not a musical and she's I don't know not if they're going to, if I'm being If she's honest. popular enough, I can see it. She can pull, like, a Mulan and not be royal. Yeah. I mean, I'll wait but to judge no when I see it. But there's no music in Raya. I know. But still, And again, Meredith it's like, we don't a... know for sure, but, like, if they already released that Lin-Manuel's going to be working on Encanto, like... Like Bobby and Kristen Lopez think... coming real quick for Raya song. <laughs> yeah. You know I think I mean. it's going to be, like, a brave... Not in terms of quality, yeah. but just... Yeah, but Merida was a her princess. Role. That's true. That's true. That's true. So, that's another thing, too. Like, I mean... We're music people, and we have yeah. to sing. But maybe for non-music people, maybe for non-music people, non-music people, it's nice to see a princess that doesn't sing. You know, yeah. Someone I don't have listed on here that I think we should talk about is Elena Vavilor. Oh yeah. Because that's another example. I mean, it's a Disney Junior show, so you have to take that into account. Yeah. Um, but that's another example of them basically taking all of these Latin cultures mm-hmm. and amalgam- amalgamating them into one. Which definitely, it's like its own magical world. Have you seen any of Elena Valor? I've seen some. Okay. I have. Do you have like a consensus on it? Um, it's, it's, it's okay. I don't really see her. Like, it's not really like that there's an emphasis that she's a, that she's a Latinx princess or Latino princess. She just seems like a princess to me that yeah. does stuff. You know, I've only seen a couple. I, I, I'm like indifferent to it. Like, I definitely think, like, they had, I know they had a lot of merchandise for her, and I was so happy to see that, Mm because even though, obviously, I don't watch it. And for, like, little kids growing up, I think it's great for them to have her. Yeah. You know, she's a nice alternative to Sophia the First, who's for, like, (sighs) you know, preschoolers. But, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm Um, not offended. (laughs) Elena's kind of, like... I just like what I wish that they would have taken all these ideas that they had for Elena and made it into a feature mm-hmm. because she's like, I know she's unofficially featured on Princess Merchandise, like on an Elsa R and stuff, but I think she's like less of a princess than on an Elsa R because she's not in, like, she's, she's she, not a feature film. Yeah, she's a TV show, less exposure. Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of just like on the B side. She's like, oh, like, can I get into the picture? And like, yeah. Pocahontas is like, oh, yeah, just stand over there. Yeah, there's a line. <laughs> yeah. So I think, like, the Disney Princess franchise, with the inclusion, one of the things that I've, I've been noticing is when the Disney Princess franchise was first 
created. It was a huge focus on being a princess and having a crown and a poofy dress and a castle and all that stuff. And even up until recently, like with um, Rapunzel and with Tiana and even Merida, like they're glorified and it's all about um, your dress and having your long, beautiful hair. Yeah, and then, but recently I've seen like Mulan, for example, mm -hmm. I was talking to you about she's marketed now as warrior Mulan. Like she's wearing that blue dress from the yeah. end of the film. She's not in her matchmaker dress anymore. Like she used to be marketed. Pocahontas has more than one pose, guys. Like, <laughs> she used to always have that one pose. Yeah. And Pocahontas has more poses. Tiana, you see her like on books as a waitress. Yeah. What? Like that's awesome. Yeah. Like as a working woman. Especially because she has two princess dresses. Yeah. Yeah, she has so many outfits. Yeah, she has some of the best. You know what? They they did they did her real good. Yeah. So I'll I'll give that. to I Disney. think her and Elsa are up there probably with like the best fits. Yeah. Yeah, like now you see characters like Moana like in the franchise, and she fits right in with Merida and with Pocahontas and with Mulan and with these like warrior princesses. Mm -hmm. So I think like as Disney continues to progress, they're going to be adding more and more princesses into the franchise. And I know princesses aren't the only like facet of Disney, but they're yeah. a very iconic, recognizable trait of the company. It's one yeah. of the most like valuable assets. Um, it's kind of almost like a representation for the company. Like they're up there with like Mickey and Mouse. It's like icons. yeah, Mickey and Mouse. Mickey and Mouse. <laughs> Mickey and Minnie Mouse. But yeah, so that's why I'm like maybe we will see Raya become a princess because maybe she doesn't have to sing maybe she's a full-out warrior but maybe she'll be added yeah uh, maybe we'll see whoever it is in Encanto you know become a princess maybe retroactively they'll go back and add some characters in like Esmeralda um who we have to talk about yes <laughs> or Kida um yes which would be crazy so it's like maybe it won't even be Disney princess maybe it'll be Disney heroine or maybe it will be Disney princess yeah I don't know. It's just, it's, it's crazy to think about. And like the lineup just keeps getting bigger and bigger, bigger. and bigger and bigger. Like there's no more space. Moana's <laughs> yeah. like on the edge. Like, yeah. Like struggling. Yeah. Like step on their heads. <laughs> yeah. She could totally take like Aurora. All of them. She That's could, a actually, funny probably thing. Probably not. I, mm, I mean, I don't want to see Moana Mulan fight, but. Oh, actually. That's yeah. like the most interesting one that <laughs> would happen. Well, that was a that was a healthy discussion. Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of progress to be made. Yeah. Um, but you can see like a light. You can definitely see it's going up. Um, and Disney as a company is starting to take responsibility and make active change. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Slowly but surely. Well, next week won't be as heavy. Yeah. As this, <laughs> this was necessary conversation, and I'm glad we had it. It's nice, you know, getting the perspective of you and I, yeah. a white male and a black female. Yeah. <laughs> Polar opposites of the spectrum. Yeah. So this was, this was good. But uh, yeah, next week we're going to get a little saucy. A little Have a little more fun. Yeah. So um, definitely um, be sure to stream us on Apple Music and Spotify yes. and Google. Guess we're on and Google. Google. Yes, we're on all streaming platforms. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Spill and Tea Podcast. Um, send us emails. What yeah. do you want to see? You have questions. Once we start to build a proper fan base, we'll do like questions of the week. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Why do I feel like this is going to be the most emailed in episode? You think? Yeah. You think? I feel like there's so much we can, like people can 
don't right. know, but that might be All bad. Right, we'll see. We'll see what emails we we'll get. We'll see. In. We'll see. We'll see. Let's manifest it. Definitely, we want to grow this brand, so we're back yes. and we are gonna be pushing these babies out. Yeah, back better than ever. Yeah. Be sure to follow me on Instagram too at Sakura MJ. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Braden Rosman. We promise we don't bite. We promise. <laughs> also, listen to Ungodly Hour by Hallie and Chloe. Yes. Stream it. Yes. That's my Ariel. That's my Ariel. My Ariel. Until next time. Play us out, Zach. <laughs>